everyone and welcome to episode 3 of Standing 8. I'm Paul Fitzgerald. You are. I'm Ben Damon. Johnny Brown. And Jeff Fennick. Thanks guys. Well obviously um, we're pretty excited to have you on the on the show today, John. You don't do, you don't grant many yeah, interviews. This is a rarity, isn't it? For yep. you? Yeah, I wish I could say the same, but yeah, this is <laughs> out of the norm for me. Yeah. So why are you here? Why did you come and talk to us of, of all people? It's pretty hard to say no to Jeff Fennick. What? He never says no to you for anything, so... I think it'd be very hard to find someone that's going to say no to your podcast. Yeah. How, do you, how are you guys such good mates? How did you guys meet? Oh, mate, I've, Jeff's a few years older than me, maybe 10 years older. Who knows with him anyway? <laughs> um, as kids, we grew up watching him fight, so you know, yeah. I'm sure you guys can remember some of the fights he's had. And he's always been a legend yeah. in our area, and uh, he was someone to look up to. Yeah. I actually got a chance to go um, watch him train a few times. Quietly, because I thought I was a bit of a fighter myself, and a good friend of mine took me there to his gym and said, "Okay, you don't know shit about boxing." Yeah, and he took me, and I watched Jeff getting ready for one of his title fights. It was incredible. It just showed me a different level of boxing. I thought I was a bit of a martial artist, and yeah. And then I wanted to meet him after that, and then once I met him, we became instant friends. Yeah. Did you have any amateur fights or anything yourself? Or nah, just I was just just outside. Yeah, yeah. A lot of um. A lot of training, not much in the ring, but a lot of training. Mm. So back then there was no MMA or any of that cage fighting or kickboxing. It was all yeah, yeah. different kind of era back then. I think he peaked too early as well, to be honest here. Imagine um, him doing his career now yeah, with the uh, different broadcasting and opportunities you get now. Just the different promotions and the money involved yeah. in boxing that <coughs> is, is, is yeah. obviously a lot different. To, but social media and camera phones and stuff as well may not have helped. Yeah, I would have been in jail for sure. <laughs> So maybe, maybe I peaked at the right yeah, time, Maybe John. you're right. 100%. <laughs> really, four world titles in this exactly. day and age. Yeah. We wouldn't be sitting on a pool table doing a podcast. Exactly. And we'd, hair, hair, we'd have hair and makeup people here. We'd have gold microphones. Wait, John's already been to the hair and makeup party coming. Uh, I already did my own. <laughs> but listen, the, the reason why I, I really classify this one as, as really important to me, obviously... Nobody gets to speak to John, and he's given us this great opportunity. But I want people to know that the guy to my right is one of the most lawless guys ever. I can go back and just say that I'll never forget I got into a bit of a scuffle at Brighton, and it's all forgotten today. But as soon as my eyes opened, um, John and his friend was there at my bedside, um, making sure that I was okay. I mean, um, for me, that, that that's a friend. That's what loyalty is about. And um, John knows I'd do the same vice versa and um, we've always been close friends and we've, you know, um, we've travelled the world together. We've been through some amazing, you know, fun things together and um, hopefully today um, we'll be able to share a bit of that because, like I said, um, for me, people don't really know the, the John that I know. Um, I was fascinated to have a look at the notes there. Did Mike Tyson hold the pads for you at some point? Oh, he organised that just because he knew I wanted it. Okay. Um, or like copped his abuse about how shit my footwork was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, no, just pretty generous. When he t- not only with his time, with his friendships, introduces everybody to everybody. And like, yeah, I love that about him. He opened a lot of doors for me when I was younger. Like, um, opportunities I wouldn't have had. Um, his generosity. It, it's. I, I remember a couple of his first trips, like overseas, with him. It's so strange he says that. I'm going to say this. It was just like maybe a matter of six or eight weeks ago that I took young Brock over to. Maybe a little bit more. Just, yeah, not, not much more. A couple of months ago, I took young Brock over to meet Tyson. You know, the first call I got was from John. I said, Jeff, I can't believe you still haven't changed. You're giving this young kid the opportunity to meet Tyson. And for me... 
to get that loyalty from John, just to see that he's seen that and um, gives me for credit who I believe I am. I believe I'm loyalty is everything as far as I'm concerned. It made me feel really good. And I, I've spoken about it a few times and I've told people that you've done that and you certainly uh, made me feel good that day and you always do thank you for being here. I remember that moment for me. That, that kid will never forget it. Like That moment where you, you're in there and you meet him and Jeff arranges it. Like he actually pulls you in, puts you next to him. Yeah. You know, you're a bit tender, a bit shy. And Mike Tyson, oh, you weren't. Actually, yeah. oh, oh, I jumped straight in. I pushed yeah. him out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped straight in. There's a, there's a story we were having a laugh before about um, you meet Muhammad Ali oh, that in was, Vegas. Well, that, that whole week was funny. I mean, Jeff had a, a lot of, um, I, I don't know, he, I used to call it the Jeff Fennick Flying Circus. He'd take over a, um, a whole bunch of youths that were on their way to jail. Yeah. And just show them. And I had, he had 15 guys with him that first year. And I said, really? And it came at a really good time for me. He rang me up and I was in the news a lot. And there was a lot of trouble going on. And he said, listen, I want you to come with me. Um, we're going to go hang out with Mike. I said, I'm, I'm really tight. He goes, I can see you're tied up. You're in the paper every fucking day. <laughs> Just get on a plane, come with me, and um, come with me to meet Mike. I said, okay, great. So I jumped on a plane with him. He says, Scott, come back with me. We go back to back of the plane. There's like 15 <laughs> young guys all, um, it was like, you know, all on their way to jail. Just Knock about troublemaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one, of them, one of them that night, oh, I got a complaint from the, Air hostess, listen, Mr. Fenny, can you please um, come to the back and let one of your friends know that they're taking their clothes off? I said, what? <laughs> anyway, so I went to the back of the plane. I'm trying to chair him. What are you doing? He goes, mate, I sleep. This is how I sleep, but I don't want to sleep. They were on the plane. I said, please respect me, brother, please. So anyway, clothes went back on and he was normal again. But yeah, sometimes, and I, look, I really took those kids for a reason because I, I honestly believe that I was given this amazing opportunity to... To, to better my life, and I tried. I tried to help as many people as I can. Hopefully just open their eyes. Yeah, up. hopefully yeah, I did. See, he actually said to me, "Listen, even if like one or two of them can see how big the world really is, and there's more opportunities than just Bankstown yeah. and running around the streets." Yeah. When I pulled him aside, I said, "Okay, I get it." So he takes them over there, and we're over there. He sets them up in a hotel. We're in like different set, but he keeps an eye on them, shows them. A, you could see their eyes. I could see what he liked about it. Yeah, just walking into Vegas, taking them to the training camp, um, lets them in. And Mike is very hospital. Mike loves him, obviously. The, yeah. the access we had was unbelievable. Yeah. And um, these guys, it was just hilarious to watch. You know, I was a little bit sceptical at the beginning, but, you know, he was right. A few of them, uh, three of them ended up dead. Four of them were in jail. Oh, wow. But there was two of them that actually made it through, so it was worth it. it still yeah. made a difference. Yeah, because I kept an eye on these guys over the years, like yeah. keeping an eye, tabs on them. You can't help. You spend a week, yeah. maybe 10 days with them overseas. You got yeah. to know them. And, but they were great kids. They were great oh, kids. I can't they were just it. coming up. They could have gone either way, and yeah. he did give yeah. them the opportunity to see. There is, like, possibilities. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my, I gave up on a few of them when we are walking back on the main road of um, Vegas, on the main drag. Jeff and I are walking, and we see a whole pack of them around some two black dudes, fold-out table, a bottle cap, three bottle caps, oh, and a pee. They're and they're doing that. Yeah, they're doing that thing, and these guys are surrounding, betting their money. Jeff and I get to them, <laughs> and Jeff goes, just don't get involved. I go, guys, you know you're going to You're not going to win. Like, they go, no, 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 we're getting some money back. The guys are letting them win a few, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jeff and I just kept walking ahead. We're passing the Bellagio, and then we see these two black guys with a fold-up table under their arm just it's running for it and, <laughs> and 10 tracks added as tracksuit remember that now see i that forgot about that but and yeah that night we see them in the casino at the roulette table and we'd been out somewhere else at dinner we see them all around i come up and i say hey listen 
a guy with a P and three bottle caps took your money. You got no business <laughs> yeah. <speed> yeah. it. <laughs> but it was, oh, it was good trips. There was a lot of great moments like that. Uh, how nervous were you when Tyson had the pads on and you had to oh, no, try we'd, and we'd look met like him earlier. We'd gone to his house earlier yeah. um, that night. But you had to try and look what, like you knew what you were doing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, but we'd already known him for a week. Yeah, this right. was towards the end. So we'd been there two weeks ahead of um, Mike Tyson's fight. First thing we land, we drop our bags and just go straight to the gym. It's like a gym in the middle of nowhere, no air conditioning on full lockdown, yeah. full of characters in there. Like Jeff and I were the only – Jeff and I and one other guy, Phil, uh, an older friend of ours, we walked in there. Mike was great. As soon as he got off the training, he sort of come down, met us. Um, we got to know him, got some photos with him. Then we just kept coming back every day and we had full access to him, which to me was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I brought you some of the photos. You could see me ringside watching him train, getting ready for the fight. And yeah. – He's got uh, what I was. I was a lot cheeky back then. I'm probably still him now. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching him train, and like you see him on TV and all that crap. Doesn't give him credit. And if you're there ringside and you can hear the hits, and he was just bashing these guys, these guys that were paid to train with him. Yeah, I think they were getting five thousand for three rounds, and he was working one over hard. And it was another two just sitting on the left waiting for their turn to get <laughs> yeah. called up. And I'm sitting ringside just laughing and the guy can hit. I, I was feeling my ribs rattling <laughs> from the guy. I look over at the guys ready to go next. I'm going, <laughs> and I just kept dreaming them up so much. One of them goes, fuck this, drops his glass. He was out. And Jeff saw me. Oh, But to this day, every time I go, every time I go to LA or Vegas and I meet Mike, he always asks, how's John? It's, uh, yeah, we did get along. We clicked yeah, pretty well. That yeah. night you left me with him at his house and you went to get chicken. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just left me. The first 10 minutes I'd met him, I think I'd only known him for 10 minutes, Yeah, Mike uh, wanted to eat some chicken and Jeff goes, oh, I'll, I'll take you. So he jumps in the car with you. He goes, John, you stay here with him. I go, okay. Mm. So he hollows out a cigar, puts some pot yeah, in it, rolls yeah. a joint. Yeah. And Mike, uh, Jeff, on his way out, looks at me and goes, okay. It's all good. I got it. <laughs> Leaves me there, sitting with him, passes me. You know, I'm sitting there puffing away with him. I had two puffs. Everybody yeah. puffs with him. I, I had two puffs. I was in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts on a VHS. Yeah, it was like a VHS back then. That's yeah, what yeah, no, you're going to say now. Puts on VHS of all um, executions. Yeah, I, I now remember. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Mike had, right? this, no, they had these videos. These videos used to come out in there. You would see a guy like... I'd be, I'd be walking with John and I'd take one step back from the John and the train would hit me. And oh, yeah, they had all these crazy, I remember them now. Execution. Yeah, yeah. Oh, executions or something. People it was getting like the killed. Thing to watch when you're stoned. Just to yeah. freak you yeah. out or does that no, matter? No, no, he, he was like laughing. He's, he like, loves right. it. Yeah. he's sitting there That's half normal. naked yeah. on the couch. I'm there stoned and there's only him and I in the house. I just met the guy 20 yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. ago and he's there like laughing. He's here, like, <laughs> I'm like laughing with him and he's slapped your thigh and I'm going, is this guy coming on to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to panic. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, I've never been happier to see Jeffrey return. Yeah. <laughs> and he would have wanted the chicken by then. Yeah, I was yeah, dying. Was, yeah, it was good time. The drumstick. <laughs> I mean, the drumstick looking at Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I've got a photo here of, um, which we'll, we'll show on camera afterwards, of you guys with Dennis Rodman. Yeah. What, um, when was that taken? This, this was the after party. This was at the after party. Okay, you've got to think, there was no cameras back then, no phone cameras. So mm. this was with a disposable camera that I bought at a chemist. Yeah. And um, at the after party, there was no cameras allowed. Everyone had gotten their cameras confiscated. I took mine in with me. I'm walking around with Jeff and um, it was 
full practice slurry. I mean, I don't get starstruck that often, but everybody was there. I've got a photo of me practically sitting on Magic Johnson's lap. I've got a photo of Pamela Anderson. Um, what was she doing here? Yeah. With, she was at the after party. Yeah, yeah. She was at the after party, yeah. Was, um, and then some security came up and um, said, okay, you're not allowed to have a camera here. And then um, Jeff's saying, here, take a photo. I said, oh, I don't, they took my camera off me. So he's gone and told Mike. Mike's gone over. Security took the camera back off him, gave it back to me. We're back there. Click a photo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. There's a couple of annoying Aussies in the party with its disposable <laughs> camera. <I> guess who? <laughs> yeah. We're talking earlier, and um, Jeff, you're saying the first night that you met John. Yeah, I am. Um, I went to was it the tunnel here. Yeah. yeah. I was up in the tunnel, and um, of course, um, as soon as I got to the door, um, I was I was VIP'd in. Obviously, John looks after his. Friends and he looks after the people who, who deserve to be looked after. Uh, I was in there and I was having a little look around. I just noticed a, no, a, girl, a girl that I'd known and seen before, and she was with this uh, real Lebanese looking guy, you know. And I'm looking and uh, we're both looking at each other. And I, um, <laughs> yeah, we crossed eyes and then the guy exchanged looks. Yeah, start looking at me and I start looking at him and it got pretty heated and um, was just about to. Um, to get really hit as I walk towards him and he walks towards me and then the referee, John, walks in between us and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll happen to be John's brother, Sam, and there was a girl that, well, I don't know. If, um, I think it was yeah. Tanya's uh, yeah, or uh, Tanya's Aeta. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, she was just – and so uh, a bit of an argument started. And look, I'm, r- I'm really happy that nothing happened because I kind of thought that if John would have lost one of his brothers that early, would have been you – know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the gang would have been. See, this, I, I hear this all the time. It's funny you said that. Every time my brother's, I'm with my brother and he sees it, he goes, Oh, there's your little mate. Lucky you were there that night to save you. <laughs> and they both got different versions yeah, of the whole yeah. story. And I've got my own version. To me, <laughs> lucky wow. they both cut it out. I was going to bitch like both of them. <laughs> uh, then, they then, then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah, there would have been no podcast. Yeah, you two you got similar characteristics. Yeah, it's all yeah well, like I said, um, it was pretty, like I said, then. From then on, I mean, like I said, um, he and his, his brothers are my friends. And um, like I said, the guy that's here with me today is the care of people know he's family to me and I've had an amazing journey with him and like I said, you know, it could be 10 years or five years, but once I see John and we're together, it's just like we've been together every day and that's what I think a real friendship's about. You don't have to ring everybody 20 times a week or if something happens, but if Low I need something, yeah. Low yeah, maintenance. Yeah, yeah, if I need something or if he, you know, he knows, I can yeah, give him a call straight away if I need some advice or anything like that. So, yeah, and, and vice versa. So I think that I've got a, I've formed a, a great friendship with, with John and I'm, I'm happy to have it to this day. John, we had your other mate, Cole Sandilands, on the last episode. He filled in for me. How nice did. was that? Yeah, was How come he was first before John? Oh, I thought, no, no. I actually, just wanted oh, to see what it was like. No, no, no. I had some prior commitments that okay. week and I rang Cole and he said, yeah, sure, I'll be happy to. And, you know, and like I said earlier, it's pretty hard to say no to Joe. Yeah. So Cole was going to be after me. Now thinking back on it, that was a stupid move. Kyle's a hard act to follow. <laughs> I, I watched his podcast. I'm going, fuck, I have to go after him. <laughs> he, that's what he does for a living. Yeah, yeah. But the funny um, thing was as well, that the first time, because I mixed with Kyle a bit, he, you know, 
obviously thinking that, um, you know, how big and tough Kyle is, which we all know he is, but he said to me, Jeff, I'm going to go, I'm going up the cross, I'm over. You just can't do that, brother. He goes, what do you like? I mean, I said, maybe you just need to go and talk to him. Anyway, so that's how the first reading became John So he wanted to open a nightclub, essentially. Yeah. He wanted to get into that. Well, Jeff brought him up and we met, and then, like, he worked it out pretty quick. It wasn't going to be that easy. Right. um, He actually never had... Um, any shares in the nightclub, but I gave him some shares. Just I said, "There's no need for you to invest. You can go tell anybody your own heart." Yeah, okay. you know, his club. <laughs> so uh, I think there was like he was talking about it so much on his show, and he just yeah, we're, we're great. We became great friends. Yeah, and yeah. He ended up moving across the road, and um, we both happened to be single at the same time, which like was a very bad mix for both our health. Because they end up being a couple. Yeah, a couple no, of no, idiots. Just, yeah, a couple of idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we had some great times. That yeah. four years he was living across the road from me. We had, and then he decided to move, which was the best thing that could happen to both of us. Four yeah. years was long enough. We had, practically, we had media just parked up yeah. the road just waiting for us to fuck up. Yeah. Which was often. Um, do you remember that um, birthday party of yours? Oh, that birthday party. Yeah. Can you remind me, John? I've had like now 50. I was just had, from yesterday, I had another one yesterday. Yeah, yeah, 50, I think it was 50. Your 40th. Yeah, yeah. I think it was your 40. <laughs> yeah. I think it was your 40th, yeah. You had it at, at that restaurant. You, Echoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. You and that restaurant. Every yeah. event is there. Yeah. Um, Chloe what had happened is yeah. Susie had had a birthday a couple of months earlier or something, and I bought her a nice Susie. You know, she loves her um, bling. So I made sure, I think I bought her a Hermes bag or a Chanel bag or something. It was a Chanel bag, And then yeah. Jeff rings me up just before his birthday and says, oh, I saw what you got, Susie. No, 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 no. I just invited him. Listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just invited him. I'll, I'll be looking forward to see what I get. I said, yeah, well, that, yeah, that was in my head. Uh, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what this great friend. Was. So anyway, so now let me finish. Now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing all these. I'm seeing all these presents there, and then I see this massive, big Louis Vuitton box and all this stuff. I'm like, wow, who who's brought that? And I look and I see this. It was from John. Wow. So I've hidden that. I've left most of the presents here, but I want to take this one home. And I was like, shit, what, have I, what has he got me, you know? Yeah, thinking, yeah. yeah, I'll, yeah. T- I'll take it yeah, from there. Yeah. What <laughs> happens when you walked into this place, there was a present table. Yeah. So I've put the present on the table, and, and Kyle and I, and we had, I think we had two girls with us. I drove, and Kyle and I, because he was living across the road. So we drove and sat down at our table and put the present on the table. I didn't know Jeff, Susie got up and sang a song, and then Jeff got up and started opening starting to open the presents on stage. I'm going, what the? <laughs> this is not going to be well. So I've gone to Kyle, come on, we've got to get out of here. He's going, but the cake. I go, there's no cake. Look at Thumbs. Kyle wanted the cake. <laughs> there's no cake. Look at me. He's in training. There's no cake. Just get up there. He goes, but the girls. I go, don't worry about the girls. We'll find new ones. We get up and he's like, I brushed him out. As we're walking out, luckily the girls just happened to be coming out of the bathroom. So luckily, girls, we were just looking for you. Grab them, take them with us, jump in the car. Get to the Anzac Bridge, get a call from Jeff. Obviously, he's gotten to my present. He's opened that up on stage and looked at the box, shown everyone the box, and gone up, opened it up, and it's a picture of me <laughs> with the words on it. I hope this brings you as much pleasure as it brings me. I love you. And he's going, he's on the fa- And I'll just finish telling Kyle why we had to leave. Yeah. And then as we're driving, I see Jeff's number and I put, opened it up, put it on speaking. You little guy. <laughs> but the photo's got pride of place in the bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to be yeah. there. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I'll be honest with you, the amount of laughs we got when yeah. I opened it, it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. You've been um, hugely successful in the entertainment industry. You've know, had some of the best clubs in the world. Um, 
I had my 19th and 20th birthday at Envy and DCMs back in the day. I used to love those, <laughs> love those clubs. What, um, what sort of drove you to get into the entertainment, nightclub sort of space? You know, young boy from Western Sydney. I'm from Parramatta. So, yeah, what got you into the... No, I think I found, like like Jeff, I found my niche early, which was lucky. I found, like, what I liked doing and I could, I fa- I could make good money out of it at a young age. I just kept following it on. I, I might have taken it a little bit too extreme, but... You know, I think that drive that you have is what pushes you a little bit further than the average person. And I, I was just lucky, you know. I was lucky I found something that I was good at and I enjoyed doing and then I just did the best I could with it. I ran with it and it's actually worked out well for me. It's probably saved me. I could have ended up anywhere like Jeff and so many other friends and the family that we have gone ahead of us. Yeah. Um, just staying focused on the thing that I'm good at and make, I knew this was my way out of, Wherever, where I wanted to go, from where I was to where I wanted to go. So yeah, I just kept my head down. While others around me were losing their heads, I actually just kept my head down, kept working, working, working. I mean, my fond, my my friends, the best compliment my friends can give me is tell me like, remember being in your clubs. We're all having the time of our lives. You're the most miserable prick because you're downstairs. I'd be downstairs till seven in the morning. Yeah, you know what I can't see like even. When I was world champion and stuff, and someone mates we're going out, so I'd meet you at ten thirty. Ten thirty. I mean, I, I usually have dinner at six. I'm out, you mm-hmm. know. And I remember, like, if I ever did go out, he would be John at one or two in the morning. He'd be walking through those streets yeah. and making making sure that everything was right for not just for me, for everybody. And I mean, I think that uh, he's a perfectionist, and he he just knew exactly what it took to uh, to, to run those kind of uh, businesses. Yeah, you're the king of the cross, but there's not much of a kingdom now. The cross is sort mm-hmm. of falling apart. That title. Uh, <laughs> they, the media first gives you the title. I yeah. mean, I wish I could give myself. I'd call myself the Lord of the Dance. <laughs> they say, um, they give you that title. Yeah, there's always been one though. So whoever dominates the club scene, yeah. the, really the strip clubs, the club scene, whoever sets the price on the street, that's who sort of gets like anointed as the king of the crossword. So I, I actually got it that way. I don't know how I got it, but the media was the first one that spouted out. So. To me, it was just work. Uh, it's what area I specialised in. Then I moved into Oxford Street for 10 years when that the cross slowed down a little bit. So I honestly looked at it, this is what I do for a living. That's it. So well, the cross has slowed right down now. Oh, the cross is finished. It's well, The lockouts came in. That was the beginning and the end. Um, uh, to me, like I wrote, I already wrote in my book, there was a, like a sign for me to walk away. It was a 35-year run. I mean, that was a good run. Once the lockouts came in, you could see the writing on the wall. The thing that the cross had going for it all along was the late night trading and it's close proximity. You could jump around everywhere. Once they took that away and that, well, I knew it was never coming back. Um, Do you think there'll be another King's Cross you think in the future? future? I mean, every good city needs a red light district or an entertainment district. They tried... The government just doesn't do fun well. They admit it themselves. They tried to sort of relocate the precinct or dilute the problem. I mean, yeah. it couldn't have been that few incidents that happened the media jumped on board. It just snowballed after that. I couldn't believe what was happening. Mm. And what they did is just dilute the problem. And now they've five years later, they've gone back and realised they've made a massive mistake. Yeah. But this changed Sydney nightlife forever. I mean, I can't complain too much. It was great timing for me. I took it as an opportunity to just walk away from the whole scene. Um, yeah, it's a shame, though. I don't think Sydney will ever be the same. Every major city needs a King's Cross. I've never heard a tourist come saying, I've come to Sydney to go see Jim... Uh, Bangaroo. Yeah. They've all come to see it across Bondi Beach. That's what people know about. That's, that's a longer, no longer exist. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's sad, but uh, it had I had a good run. And I've got the memories. One thing about your nightclubs, you had some of the best nights. You always felt safe in in your yeah. club. So as a young kid growing up, and you're going in Kings Cross, Oxford Street, your clubs always felt safe and. Yeah, You're always able to have yeah. a lot of fun there. To the average punter, they were safe, but there was a lot going on behind the scenes to keep it like that. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I took it very seriously. And to me, the, the people inside your business, I had a duty of care to them. So yep. whatever was going to happen, if you were in my venue, I, uh, I took it to painful lengths. You were safe. You are in my venue. It's like being in my house. Yeah. Um, so I had the biggest thugs working with me on the doors. You've got to think, back then there was no police forces speak of like they do now, all these specialised Raptor and all these special squads. Mm-hmm. So you had normal police trying to police the unpoliceable, like my brother's gangs running around out of control. Um, so I formed my own little crew and we had our own version of protecting our own venues. I think we did it pretty effectively. So, And it wasn't personal, it was just about work for me, Yeah, protecting my own interests and nothing more. Once it was over, I didn't take it personally, I just went home. Yeah. Do you go to bed early these days, John? Mate, I'm in bed by 8.30, up by 4 o'clock. I, I never used to leave the house till 11 o'clock at night and come home yeah. at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. So it's funny how your cycles change. By 8.30 now, I'm in bed. Yeah. How do you spend your time now if you are out of the nightclub business? What, what's, your, what's your business now? Well, um, I was planning on going – this book I wrote took two years, so uh, this lexic, it took forever. Um, I've got other, a few projects going. I'm doing a few developments. I bought a lot of property in good times, and so that was always a retirement plan. But really, not that much. I've got the luxury to do whatever I want, so I, I'll make the most of my free time at the moment. Will there be more nightclubs, do you think? No, I can't see me ever being involved in you know, it's It would seem, at my age now, it just seemed desperate. When, you, when I started, I was 17 and eight months, and... I had a great run. And the world has changed now. Like back in the day, I, look, I, I know people who, if Tong and Sam walked up with somebody at the club and said, you have to leave, you leave, you know. Today, yeah. um, these guys want to argue and buck up and carry on, so I, I don't think a nightclub would be a no, great place. No, you couldn't get away yeah. with, what yeah. we, you know, with yeah. cameras and social media. Every, every prick's walking around with a fucking camera on them. Yeah. So everyone's walking around potential witness. We, couldn't, we need shadows to do what we did. Yeah. You couldn't get away with what we did. Um, I, I can't see it. It'd be embarrassing for me to be going back into that industry now. Yeah. I, I, I'm done with it. It's done with me. You've got to know when it's time for you to walk away. Yeah. I think so anyway. Um, John Hopawati was amongst those who uh, did a fair bit of work for you. Oh, John Hopawati's a great guy. I mean, he's, I, I think he's another one that's misunderstood. He's got a... He's, Got twelve kids for Christ's sake! He's got, <laughs> he's got like an army. To <laughs> <I know. He's, laughs> keeps people, going. people don't realise when you know Hopper's one of those super little guys. Listen, he's he's prepared to go to jail for his brother, his friend. If something happens, to him, there aren't many people like that. Mm. That's why, and that's why when John says they, they, they're misunderstood, although they're misunderstood to us. To me, that's normal because mm. if something happened to John, it's going to happen to me. If something mm. happens, you if you go out with me, Ben, you're going home with me. John Hopper Whitey came. Up. When, when he'd finished with his um, football and he had a security gig on and I'd met him a couple of times when he was a footballer and like, I liked him and then he needed a job. Mm. I gave him a job just being one of the hangar. He wasn't doing any of the heavy lifting. He was just like 
mm. standing on the door, yeah. and he defused a lot of the problems because a lot of guys looked up to him. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. him. yeah, yeah, and he defused a lot of the problems. But you know, he wasn't there. Uh, I, in the back of my mind. I'd always always kind. This guy's a family man. He's got twelve kids to feed, so he wouldn't be involved in anything like unshady. And listen, the, our crew, we'd, we'd be there together. Whatever happened to one of us is going to happen to all of us, me included. I was the first one to be. You know, if I move, you move. If I don't move, there's no need for any of you to move. So that was our motto. So he was never in any danger. He was just make up the numbers and look menacing. Yeah. And and he's a great guy. He's like, he a, and he's very loyal. Well, he speaks very highly of, of you, Hopper, as well. I think that you giving him that role changed where he was headed in his life at that point. Yeah, well, he was with me for 10 years. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, um, Tong and Sam and him and a few other the boys are with me. You know, we spanned a 30, 25-year, 30-year career. Hopper, Whitey and Tong and Sam were sitting off me most of the time. Hopper Whitey would spend half the night on his phone, on looking up Facebooks like a teenage girl. Yeah, and um, yeah, but we we had a great time together. He, and I, I I value loyalty, especially in that industry. You need to be able to count on the guys that you're with, and you're not going to get like these little cream puffs of security licenses. They're useless in uh, real situations. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Call the police or call an ambulance for you? <laughs> you it yeah. doesn't work out. I, I value loyalty, and, and he's a very loyal guy. Well, you've needed an ambulance and more at times in the cross. I think um, I had him on speed dial yeah. at one point. I've got an account at St. Vincent's Hospital. <laughs> yeah. The amount of times I've been Well, you were dead, weren't you? Oh, that stabbing at a young age, yeah, was, yeah. that was pretty rough. Um, yeah, it's lucky I was young and sort of fitter and mm. survived it pretty well. But, yeah, I've had a few scrapes. I've been luckier than most, I'd say. Yeah. Jonathan's... Anybody that influenced you the most um, as a youngster, and you know, because I look at guys when I was growing up and getting in trouble and forgetting that fried box. Man, I was really proud of this guy, that guy. Who was somebody up there? You know, that was up across. Mate, I'll be honest here. There was there was no one there to really look up to. The only thing that um, I can sort of take away from anything that was, you know, the guys before me is what not to do, Mm -hmm. not actually what they were doing. I, I sort of stayed quiet for a long time, just observed and watched and observed and watched. There was no one there to really look up to. Mm. Um, you got to think back then, it was like corrupt police, gangsters, crooks, drug dealers, pimps. There wasn't really someone there that you could sort of idolise or look up to. The one thing I did take away from it is what not to do. And, yeah, so, yeah, I was um, maybe the smartest guy in a sea of idiots, mm. which, which actually worked <laughs> into my favour. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely that, probably a smart guy. Um, when you say what not to do, what were the what were the things that they were doing? What was what was wrong? Okay, well, the biggest thing I worked out was the backstabbing and the political crap. So I worked out at an early age. Pick a crew, stick with them. Pick a crew, tighten your crew so that you're insulated and just stick with your crew. And the best way to have loyal people around you is first be loyal. You got to be loyal yourself. The guys aren't dumb. They can pick up. They can say I can sense fakeness on people. So I just assumed they have that same ability. So uh, my motto was always, you know, to have loyalty, you've got to give loyalty first. You've got to be loyal first. And I've been pretty lucky. I've had the same guys with me from the day I, the day I started practically and we finished up together, that part of the world anyway. You know. It is crazy when you look at what's happened in the cross, in throughout Australian criminal history, and you look at some of the underbellies and you, you see the disloyalty and the backstabbing and... Bit friends killing friends to, to think of, and I say this because not that he's sitting beside me, but to think of the guys that were with him, they're, they're, they're all still there. They're the, exactly the same guys. I've, I was around them for years, and I mean, it's, it's very rarely heard of. We all retired together, and 
yeah, I think I, I'm pretty proud of that. I none of them have gone to jail, done any jail time because of me or with me. So yeah, it's good. So, like, we all got through it together, and I'm pretty sort of I like that achievement the most. Um, John, what's it like? You going through what you're going through at the moment with your brothers going through the, the hell they're going through. It's what can you say? It's heartbreaking. It's um, annoying, disappointing, all at the same time. I mean, to tell you I'm angry about it, angry is not a big enough word. But well, it is what it is. What can you do? Do you um, kind of think of the word like guilty by association? Do you think that that is oh, with you? It's been with you for a long time. Oh, that's been with me forever. But you know, how do you? How are you guilty by association when it comes to family? I mean, you, can, you can't pick your family. And they'll say the same thing back about me. They can't pick me. I'm sure um, I've brought them some unwanted attention and just as they brought me. But um, that's another story altogether. What would be your thoughts on, obviously there's so much written about you, but Underbelly series, Golden Mile, it was hugely successful, yeah. that, that series. What were your thoughts on that? Was it? An accurate portrayal, do you think, of no, the young Don Ibrahim? No, it was very or? floss. Um, yep. That actually, I mean, most people look under the illusion that I had anything to do with that. That was happening whether I liked it or not. Yeah. The only input I had there was um, I didn't have a criminal record and I was still around, so they had to tiptoe around me. So I got to sort of pull a few strings from behind the scenes to make sure, well, when it came to me anyway, um, the character came off as... Um, and I, I think they've done a great job. I came off looking, walking away into the sunshine. Yeah, Teflon Jones. <laughs> yeah, glorified. Teflon Jones. They had no choice. Yeah. They had no choice. Yeah. I was in the background. I could have put it, um, stopped at the whole thing at any time. And I tried to control it as much. That's just part of my nature. I tried to control it from behind the scenes as much as I can. But I think, you know, it was there was no real accuracy about it. It was a lot uglier, a lot rougher, a lot of everything. Yeah. But, you know. That's TV. That's TV. Um, yeah, for someone who is quite private with all that you do, you'd find yourself in the media an awful lot. The Daily Telegraph pretty much runs a story every day. Yeah, um, and what do you feel about that side of, of your lifestyle? Oh, yeah, you got, you got to a point. I, for a while there, I was like pretty – I used to get worked up about it and get upset about it. But, you know, after a while you think, you know, what are you going to do? You're gonna, there's nothing you can do about it, is it? Um, they, they're always putting a disclaimer, Johnny Brim – there's no suggestion John Ibrahim's involved or any yeah. way connected in there. So what the fuck am I doing in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that argument with them many a times, but it's pointless. They're just, you know, they're going to do whatever they're going to do. you still got to live your life. What can you do? John, yeah. I need to ask you a question too because um, when Ben first, Ben worked for him, called for two weeks. What was oh, the first I, question he asked I, you, mate? I heard that, yeah. He, 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 <laughs> uh, I read Carl the, straight the first. Is Carl straight or not? I want to ask you, John. <laughs> I'm asking John. No, he says it guys or girls, essentially. Yeah. No, no, he's he's straight. He's just he's just quirky. He's got his own like he's got his own like. I, I think he could he could go. Well, yeah, there's he, a lot you of can't say he come out of the closet because he couldn't fit in one. But <laughs> he's funny. No, no, he has got a he has got it's his ways. Listen, God, Kyle's pretty much pretty misunderstood. I mean. Most guy, you might have worked for him for two weeks, but yeah. I know him pretty well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think no, you no. don't know someone until you've really travelled with him. I've yeah, done a lot sure. of travelling with Kyle, as I have with Jeff, and you get to know someone. And I love the guy. He's my mate. He's as mm-hmm. loyal a friend as you'll yeah, get. Yeah, hundred percent. He's as loyal a friend as you'll get. He's, he doesn't take a back step to his friendship, and, and he's got a lot of little issues. But you know, down deep down, he's the sweetest guy ever. I, most people don't see that. You see him come off as rough and like um, arrogant. He's nothing like that. I sit down and have a coffee with him in the cross. 
I, I, let me guess, he mentioned how he was homeless, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> homeless <laughs> Harry. Yeah, yeah. He, must have, I, he was homeless for about six weeks. Yeah. But um, it's obviously left its mark on him, but he, he has got a soft spot for those homeless people. Yeah. I have a coffee with him in the cross, and sometimes he's not there. And you can see about seven or eight of them just circling that cafe, waiting for him to rock up. Yeah. As soon as he rocks up, there's like a line of them just walking up. He buys him meals. He doesn't carry cash. I'm always handing him cash under the table. He's like fi- handing out 50s everywhere. He's, he has got a big heart. Yeah, yeah, he has yeah. got a really big heart. And I think he's misunderstood like most of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like I said, Kyle, Kyle ever, ever since I've, I've known him, he's, um, yeah, he's been yeah, the most awesome. And I, like I said, I remember when I got into a little bit of trouble – Straight on the radio, he backs you up straight away, and I mean, mm. I'll, I'll never forget that. You know, I mean, yeah. if if something happened to John or I, then he would. He showed up to yeah. one of my raids, um, and my house was getting raided, and I actually gave him the heads up. He was on his way to my house. I said, um, I don't think it's good timing. I'm getting guys. I'm sick of this. He just rocks up, mm. has a press interview out the front. Um, what are, what could they be here for? Exactly what I wanted to say, but I couldn't. He was yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't take a back step when you're his It's a pretty regular thing for you, getting your house raided. I'm about due for my annual one now. Yeah. Anytime, like within the next month or so. I think it's an annual thing. We, <laughs> we put it on the calendar. <laughs> I might as well just get a key cut, hand it down at Bondi Police it's Station. Christmas, yeah. Easter, raiding yeah. or, or yeah. Once John's a year, calendar. Just, just to keep, me, keep people like in the loop. Okay, we haven't forgotten it. We're still on the way. The last one went for 12 hours or so as well. Oh, 12 hours of just looking for, I don't know what they're looking for. There's, Do they ruin yeah. your house? Well, they ruined my safe. They could have just framed me and said, what's the combination without all the theatrics? I mean, I don't know. They, I'm starting to, you know, I might be a little bit paranoid, but I think they're out to get me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this could be just paranoid talking. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think yeah, it is. They found Tic Tacs last time. Yeah. Oh, they're so fascinated with the crap they find. It's just annoying. Yeah. And they cut out the really funny stuff. I mean, those raids are hilarious. You're there with them for eight hours. I mean, yeah. And, and they're just guys as well. They find all sorts of crap. And they only leak out portions of the raid that suit them. Yeah. There's a lot of comedy on there. I thankfully, didn't make it there. <laughs> <laughs> Tic Tacs. I mean, that invasion of privacy. And like, he asks this question, why are you here? Mm. Show us your intelligence. There's no need to show any. Um, you ask for the purpose of the raid. Are we here to look for? Aren't you supposed to have evidence that there's something incriminating there? Before you come, what are you there looking for? <laughs> anyway, no. so what's the best trip you've been on with, mate? What, what, what one do you? The first one rates as the best trip yeah. ever because everything was new. So we've had a couple of great trips, but the first one I, I rate as the best trip. I mean, I've got so many stories. I mean, what was I'm, the fight? Was it a fight? Um, was it Francis Tyson? both. Oh, yeah, Francis yeah, both. Yeah, 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 both. With Mike Tyson and yeah. Muhammad. I met Muhammad Ali for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was fantastic. I mean. He started calling me Where's Waldo? Because Where's I'm, Wally? Where's, oh, where's Wally? Wally? Yeah, that's it. I ended yeah. up everywhere. Everywhere you could be. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. at the right place at the yeah. right time. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, um, you were doing a bit of security been, for Ali, weren't you? No. That's, that's yeah, been yeah, your story of life. Funny. You're always at the right, yeah, the right place. Yeah, right you're always there. <laughs> you're never in the wrong place. Yeah, what happened is I stole his medallion while when he wasn't looking, like the secure, um, the access all passes. Yeah. So I stole oh, his and gave him mine, yeah. And I ended up 
they're going on stage for the weigh-in. Those weigh-ins are hell of a thing. Your first time there. Yeah, they're crazy. They're trash I wasn't talking. allowed on stage because my credential wasn't no, no. good enough, but yeah, I looked yeah, yeah, up there. God pointed you out to security for <laughs> yeah, yeah. keeping on you. <laughs> I managed to get on stage. Jeff was keeping all the young guys he had with him, like just getting them, letting them have a view of it. And before he could get on it, before he realised I had his accreditation, I'd already followed Team Mike Tyson onto the <laughs> stage. I was practically holding Mike's tracksuit while he went for the weigh-in. Yeah. On our way, there was Muhammad Ali's there, and I've just came to a complete stop and I'm just oh in awe and then um, Mike Tyson sees my face walks over introduces me and just leaves me with Muhammad Ali at the time so he goes okay I've got to get it away Jeff's sitting there looking at me from the stage <laughs> and he's <laughs> looking at me going like yeah yeah and I'm going and he's just <laughs> laughing and he's starting to make his way up to where the security are so I've gone over to the security in the corner and I've gone That's him. just keep an eye on that guy he's trying to sneak on stage He's, Jeff's come up, tried to come up, and the guy's holding me back. <laughs> Jeff's about to come to blows with him, lucky one of Mike's guys saw it and came and got him on. He's come up on the stage, gave me a backhand. Back. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gone up. They've left me with Muhammad Ali, and they've said, okay, you stand with Muhammad Ali while we go and actually do the weighing. So I'm standing there with Muhammad Ali, and I bought, bought the photos. You can have yeah, a laugh. Yeah. And people are coming up trying to talk to him. I'm there pushing him away. And, I, <laughs> and Muhammad Ali couldn't really talk back. <laughs> but I could see the look on his face. Yeah. I'm pushing him away. And he was trying to say thank you to you, John. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see Jeff and um, Mike come back from the weigh-in and you see Muhammad Ali lean in to Jeff and Mike and I'm sure he's saying, get this fucking kid away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I got the photos to prove it. I mean, it was fantastic. That, yeah. was, that was all, that was the best trip. Yeah. And, yeah Being around guys like Jeff and, and Kyle, you would have met some pretty interesting Hollywood celebrities, A-listers and whatnot over the years? Oh, yeah, travelling with Jeff, you meet, I mean, Jeff's very underrated in this country, I'll be honest here. It's only when you go overseas with him and you go to one of these big events and you walk through, yeah. it's just everyone knows him, everyone respects him, especially in the fight game. Oh, Ben knows it. Oh, yeah, yeah in yeah. Vegas it's you're a different game. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Like, yeah. Yeah, everyone knows him, respects him, and if you're with him, you get access to everything, For sure. which is great. Yeah. But we have access to that. What were we drinking? Oh, I don't ever remember. The flag, the, yeah, we were... Of Dom, flagons of Dom. And yeah, 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 yeah. We were hanging out with Lennox Lewis. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's yeah. different world. Well, I mean, the boxing world, he's yeah. got that wrapped up. I mean, you yeah. come with me to Vegas, you know, this is 30 years ago, 27 years ago. Now you come with me to Vegas, I mean, I can take you anywhere, any venue. Okay, let's go. And I, I, I'm yeah. just saying, when you're in your own element, <laughs> yeah. you've got, he's got his element covered completely. For sure. Again, Kyle Sandland as well, you go away with him, you meet a whole different crew of people, you know. Last time I think I was at Coachella with him, I mean, that was an amazing... Any trip. restaurant he takes you, they love him, yeah, he eats yeah, so much. He eats so much, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got that boxing world yeah. completely covered. Yeah. So if you're into boxing, you go away. If you, you're lucky enough to get an invite to go with Jeff, you, know, you just take it up. Yeah. You were at the uh, the fights here in Sydney in December when um, Tim Zoo fought Jack Brubaker when Fennec was in the corner. They're, they're good shows. Um, yeah. These ones we're putting on at the moment. Yeah, they're starting to... No you, limit. You guys are starting to put together some good promotion. I mean, we've got the facilities now as well that... I'd never been to that one in Darling Hub. That was my first time there. Yeah, it's great, yeah. You've got some great facilities there now. And um, I think, yeah, it should start... You, you've you've put together a good show that night and you can see the roll-on effect. You just need some more. I'm, I'm dying to see a couple of the juniors at Jeff Trang's fight. And, yeah. Young Brocky Jarvis, yeah, a, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to yeah. Brocky. Yeah, he's he's got great. big potential and he's a great kid. He's, he's got a good great kid. potential. That's more important to me. But like I said, he's got great potential. And yeah, like I said, we're, we've got we've finally got, like I said, I don't say this because Ben knows that's why he's doing the product. When, when Ben does something, every eye is 
done every T's cross and it, we, we've got professional guys doing the sport like when he when he interviews somebody there's nothing to be embarrassed every time I listen to anything like, wow me as a fighter or me as who I've, what I've done in the sporting well I've got somebody who knows what they're talking about and that's Ben I, I've told you and I've told you time and time over where boxing's in the great um, place as long as you're running the chip for us yeah well it seems to be in a strong position we've got to get through this coronavirus and uh, hopefully kick on again but yeah the shows are the shows are really good at the moment and yeah Brock Jarvis and, and those sorts of that kids was, that was a great show I, yeah. I remember Jeff coming in I was actually there with a corporate group yeah and uh, I knew Jeff had Brock, and I, I told Jeff make sure I, I get to meet the kid. And then once he found that, he sent um, Pete Lebeski come to get me. And yeah. I, I ended up backstage. I remember um, getting a photo of Brock and saying, oh, "I've been dying to meet you." And he goes, "Wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was actually looking forward to meeting him." Yeah, because yeah. I can yeah. know Jeff has put a lot of time in his, and he really um, believes in this kid. Mm. And you can see that you guys should really pick that game up. It's about the yeah. You can see like I think it's been neglected and. Oh, no, this thing's just one. We've got so many, a lot of great fighters that are just on that, like I said, just on that cusp at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's so marketable too, Brock. Yeah. He's got the full package. Yeah, he's a great kid, yeah. Mm. yeah. When do you think that'll all resume again? Oh, well, hopefully not too far off. Um, they're talking about maybe um, Jeff Horn, Tim Zoo yeah. bringing it back uh, maybe September. Um, so it'd be nice if it was a bit sooner than that. But yeah, um, yeah then we start going again, I guess. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going okay. Um, how have you been going through this lockdown period? Has it changed your uh, lifestyle? I've actually done mind it. If it wasn't for the um, hardship that I, you know, this Corona thing is something that's um, unprecedented. I don't think anyone can could have seen that one coming or planned for it. And I'm like the I'm a kind of guy that plans for the worst ever. Who could have planned for this? Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of put a dent in my retirement to keep myself in the manner which I've become accustomed to. I'm going to have to go back to work. So, <coughs> <coughs> sorry, John. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, I think we'll be feeling it for a few years to come, too. Yeah. To be honest here. Just real quick, I just want to just say, John. Like, uh, I don't want my podcast to be boring long, but I just want to just say thank you so much for being here this today. I mean. Um, I don't know if, if the boys thought I'd get you here, but I knew that you would do this for me. I want to just say thank you, and um, my, our friendship means a lot to me, so thank you very much, brother. Anytime. Yeah, yeah thanks, John. Anytime. It's, been, yeah. it's been a great chat. Good luck to you. Yeah, bro. thanks for the chat, John. Much appreciated, mate. Good luck to you. Okay, so it's and, um, headphones down. Yeah, headphones, headphones down. down. Yeah. And subscribe to Standing 8, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Yeah. Yeah.